You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The Buckos win. That ball's in well to left center field. Back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, Jim Rosati. Jim, as always, it's a beautiful morning. 72 degrees in Pittsburgh right now. The Pirates won. How you doing? Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous Wednesday. Gorgeous. Um, Just gorgeous. (laughs) That's kind of hot, though, for, you know, 7 a.m., I feel like. I feel like if it's, like, in the 70s at 7 a.m., it's going to kind of be a muggy day, typically. Yes, I'm with you. I feel like I could be wrong, but. I think the high in Jacksonville yesterday was like 77. So (laughs) this seems kind of off. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the high is going to be in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, that's – I mean, I don't know what they're all this to do on a Wednesday in the fall. (laughs) Probably not a whole lot, but – Apparently not go to baseball games. Yeah, don't go to – yeah, there's no one at baseball games. So – what attendance was? What was the announced attendance last night? Did they it was ever like eight eight thousand something? So yeah, there were probably like eight hundred people there. Yeah, off by like eight thousand. <laughs> yeah. No, it was yeah ridiculous. It, it was, um, but it was pretty bad. Yeah, but Pirates take game one against the Reds. I said about a week ago that uh, you know, we've got nine games left against the Reds. They uh, they went into the game a half game up for the second wild card. And I said, you know what? We're probably not getting the number one overall pick, right? That's a little bit at, too far out of reach right now. Let's just keep the Reds out of the playoffs. How do we do that? And last night, you know, one game one. And the Reds are no longer, if the season were to end today, the Reds would be no longer in the playoffs. I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, so... They have, what, nine games against the Pirates? I've seen people out there, which, of course, I mean, you know, in reality, it makes sense. So, like, you know, with, with this coming down to the wire here, what team is not better set up than the Reds who get to play who get to play the Pirates nine times to finish the season? Yeah. So, right. I mean, let's do the damn thing. Let's go ahead and crush them. Like how everyone was talking, you know, the Mets fans and people were talking ish on the Pirates, right? Oh, well, the mm-hmm. Pirates, mm-hmm. you know, the Mets get to play keep first place and dominate blah 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 and then you know the Mets lose the series let's do that for Cincinnati and again like you mentioned last week and I did too like it's one thing that you know you get to play spoiler but who better than someone in the division and it be the Reds yeah no I love it um I had I had uh I had softball last night so there were a few few buddies of mine who were Reds fans and uh you know before the game I was like you guys ready to get swept this week (laughs) and uh and they were like they're like oh we're playing so bad which they are i don't think i think they've lost like 
seven consecutive series. Um, and somehow, you know, because the Padres are reeling, um, they're still, they're still, they were still in the playoff spot. Um, but, uh, no, I was like, Hey, you got to face, you know, you got to face our ACE tonight, Dylan Peters. <laughs> and, uh, and Dylan Peters came through with the five scoreless innings. So. He did. He did. I mean, you know, to, I guess touch up on stuff we talked about last week, right? We talked about how the Pirates get to play spoiler, especially to the Reds. So that's going to be fun. But like the other thing that we really talked and touched on as well, <laughs> I did, was Dylan Peters. He's the guy that I wanted to see the rest of the year. And you all made fun of me. You all laughed. And I I mean, I still, it's, it's not as if I'm excited. It's not as if like, oh, Dylan Peters is this. You know, this this diamond that the Pirates found, and they it's chill. Everyone chill. But I am interested to see if he could potentially show enough to maybe warrant him staying on the 40-man and potentially looking to see him at the rotation spot next year. And he does nothing but show last night that who cares about this potent Reds lineup? Who cares Nick Castellanos and all that? I'm going to shut you down. Five innings, five hits, one walk, five strikeouts. I mean, he's looked, he's looked good. Yeah, I, I mean, he he's been the Pirates' best pitcher since he was acquired. Um, he's now at a two point six six earned run average in his five starts. Can't really um, ask for anything more than that out of a twenty nine year old um, waiver wire pickup. Uh, at the end of the year, I I'm still very 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 cautious to to even say he should be on the team next year, right? Um, but I mean, geez. But this is why he's, I wanted to been, see. He's been, but good. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. absolutely with you. I mean, I don't trust. Dylan Peters. I don't trust this stuff from Dylan Peters one bit. But if you, you know, I, this is why I want to see, because if you give me more starts and more sample size and you start leading me to believe that maybe there is more there, then um, I'm, I'm semi-intrigued into this offseason to see what happens. I mean, they could essentially just not keep them and I'm, I'm going to be okay with it probably. But again, Things that always intrigue me is like fundamental changes, right? It's not just like, oh, he showed up and he's playing better now. You know, like the Yoshi thing is a little bit, he's intriguing, but it's also like a little bit worrisome because it's like, he's just now playing and why? I'm still not sure. Um, but like with, with Dylan Peters, we kind of know why. Like he's done something differently. You know, he's utilizing that change up a lot more. Uh, I mean, and actually, again, he doesn't use it much, but that curveball does look when he does use that curveball, and he threw it one time last night, it just looked filthy. And he's got a lot of spin on it. But um, anyways, I'm just saying, like, he has fundamentally changed. He's using his change up more, it's like exclusively. Guys can't hit it. Like you mentioned before, I mean, when people realize he's doing that, how's he going to catch up? Hopefully we start to see that sooner than later so we can understand if that's all it is, smoke and mirrors. Or he's got this really filthy change up, and he's got some good stuff. And we know he's got good control. and we can see what happens. I, I don't know. That's why I'm more intrigued. That's why I'm interested. And last night, he's done nothing but add to it. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I The curveball's nasty. I mean, no one, he actually hasn't given up a hit on the curveball all year. 
tons of spin on it, like you mentioned. Um, it's in the 89th percentile in baseball spin rate on his curveball. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good curveball. And, and, yeah, so he has now thrown – he was he was before a little bit. He had more change-ups thrown than fastballs. He's now – it's now an even split. He's thrown the exact same amount of change-ups as he has four-seam fastballs. So, I don't, we'll see. I mean, again, I'm I'm fine with you know, keep keep putting them out there and just seeing what he has. And he he will definitely if he keeps this up, then you know he's earned a 40 man spot throughout the off season. If he's, I mean, because he's somebody you got to make that decision on. Um, yeah. So so as of right now, he's he's a keeper. Um, <laughs> it doesn't say a lot. Could change. You know, things could change. I guess he's got the Reds, you know, probably two more times the rest of the year. So hopefully he can beat them a couple there more you times. Go. There you go. And I, I do want to make sure we end this too. I don't want to take this construed and people walk away from this podcast uh, and think as if, wow, like Dylan Peters good. Like, I'm just intrigued. I want to see what he has. This is not – like, none of us are saying Dylan Peters ace. None of us is saying Dylan Peters good. This is just, can Dylan Peters be on the team next year? This is all this is leading to. So <laughs> don't walk away from this also thinking like, oh my God, Dylan Peters is so good and NS9 is so high on him and everything. It, it's a wait and see approach. I have zero, I'll put it this way. I had, I had zero faith in Dylan Peters when they acquired him. I thought it was a waste of a deal. <laughs> like why even make it? I don't care. Kyle, I'd rather have Kyle Crick at that point of time, I felt. Um, but anyways, this is just to see if he's going to be good enough for the team next year. That's it. If he's one of 40 people that are good enough to make the Pittsburgh Pirates, that's the bar. It's not that high. Yeah. I don't know if we can be any more clear in our, (laughs) (laughs) like like we, we don't love him. (laughs) We don't think it's legit, but let him, I guess, show that to us eventually um it's it's possible that something's changed and he's he's now competent but again that doesn't happen often when pitchers turn 29 years old but um yeah so far so far so good and and yeah i mean right now with the with the way things stack up he's probably on the team like if the season were to end right now so let's see if he can maintain that status Partly of why he's on the team, just to bring it up, I guess, as for note, Stephen Brault back to the IR, IR, IL. Ooh. Ooh, football season crept up, Jim. Football. football <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Stephen Brault uh, to the IL, 60 day, basically just a you know, transaction. It's not like he's going to be out for 60 days, hopefully, uh, that deep of an injury. But yeah, he's injured again. Uh, just a brutal season for Stephen Brault. I, you know, I think a lot of had high hopes for him coming into this season just to kind of build off of last season, uh, see what he can do, and really just a lost season entirely for him. So, yeah, you feel for him because I mean, he seems like he's you know a pretty nice guy. Um, he worked hard to get back on the mound and and back on onto the, the club this season, and I think he made four starts somewhere in that area. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't back very long. And yeah, now he is shut down for the year. So no more 
Stephen Brault uh, for the remainder of the season. He actually made seven starts. Um, and and again, he, he was coming off the injury, but he didn't really look great in those seven starts either. So now, now you start thinking, okay, does Brault, you know, come back next year? I he probably does just because his team just needs arms mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah, kind of like you've mentioned, just an absolutely lost season for Brault. He's going to be 30 next year, too. Jeez. Where did the time come? Time go. Yeah, that uh, like- that trade happened a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, what in the world? He's uh, he's going to be 30. And I guess him, I guess him, like Chad Cool and, and Stallings are probably the three longest tenured Pirates at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's it. I, yeah, I mean, I had anticipate with just with the with the, the arms that they're going to need. Um, he he won't go anywhere, but yeah, completely lost season. And you would have liked to have seen at least something out of him after after his season last year. Right. That that's the thing too. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think we also made our case very strong on Steve Brault, where he was put like in essentially the best position last year to put up the numbers that he did, but. uh I was at least semi-intrigued to see what he could do this year. That's gone, so it'll be left to next year. And if there is anything, it's probably just let's you know let's get what we can out of him, flip him. Uh, but yeah. So moving on from him, though. So <laughs> I got we could talk about we could I guess talk about Nick Mears, who almost lost that game for the Pirates, Jim. But let's not, because to me, it's not worthy. It's Nick Mears. He's just a guy. Let's get past him. The guy who came in after him, Jason Streep. Streep. I don't know why I said Streep, but Jason Streep. What are your thoughts on him? Like, this is a guy we really haven't talked about at all this year. This is also a guy who just, like, the results are there. You know, when you look at, like, the numbers, like, he has a 277 ERA. Like, he didn't give up anything last night. He's got 48 and a half innings. Um, but like the peripherals are very, very bad in my sense. But again, like the results are there. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are we making out of Street? Let's talk about him just maybe a little bit on the show. Um, he's he's had a good year. I mean, he's a, he's a lefty. He's thirty now. He's been in the thirty-one. This isn't like his first rodeo. You know, he's been around. He's played for like. 20 different teams <laughs> in, in the last six years. Um, right. So I, he's, he's, he's been, and he's had good seasons. He's had bad seasons. This is clear. This is probably his best season from a production standpoint. Um, you know, if you're looking at FIP and things like that, you know, not, not necessarily the case. I, I think it's just a matter of like relief pitchers and small sample size and you know the peripherals just haven't really caught up to who he is i mean yesterday he threw two score two perfect innings right yeah um didn't strike out a batter you know but <laughs> but he he got he got the job done um the, the thing with shreve is that you know I, I and i don't know if we want to talk about him too too much just because he is a free agent at the end of the year no so he's like one of you sure about he that? would have one more year so he like misses the service time by like days. Yeah. 
I am almost a thousand percent positive on that. Interesting. Okay. If that's the case, then yeah, I guess he's somebody who, who, you know, could eventually be in this bullpen. Um, I was under the impression he was a free agent. So, um, okay. I mean, he's, he's been your best lefty all season long. You're probably going to need two of them in the bullpen. And I mean, right now it looks like it's going to be, if he's back, then Sam Howard and Chase and Shreve would be your two lefties. Sorry, I'm I'm semi trying to look this up too. I'm almost positive that uh because I mean, he was at five years and twelve days heading into the year. Yes. So and, and again, it's always comes down. You know who it's coming down to. It's coming down to Ethan. All right. Um, yeah. this is coming from Ethan. So yes, no, he won't. Just because baseball <laughs> I love the shade Ethan throws out there. Just because baseball reference or fangraph says something doesn't make it so. <laughs> Keep clapping, even. Uh, these sources assume full years of service for arbitration free agency, but Shreve won't get a whole year. He started with 5.008 or 5.012 and will accrue 0.146. So, yes, he will not accrue a full year. Uh, okay. At most, he will have a total of 5.158 years of service for 2021. You need six to reach free agency. So, yeah, so Shreve technically would be a pirate next year if they choose to have him to be a pirate next year. Okay. Well, there we go. The answers. Yeah, in order to have a full year of service time, you need to be at 172 days. So if he's at 5 and 158, you said? Yep, at most. Yeah. Days. So <laughs> Two, two weeks he's two weeks away from being a free agent um okay then then yeah i mean it, i i think you again he's he's one of those guys i think super volatile reliever right um it just kind of depends on when you're catching him because he's had he's had good seasons he's had bad seasons he's had okay seasons but he's left-handed, so it, it that that kind of helps him out. Um, as long as he's really mediocre or better, he can kind of fly by. And I mean, he's shown that he's capable of beating me, be, being mediocre or better. Um, he's capable of like this. <laughs> okay, so going back to last night when you you're on your Shelton kick. And saying how like we can't have another year of this. Yeah, we can't have a I'm I'm tired of like, well, he's mediocre. Like he could be mediocre. Let's give let's give him some claps. But, like if hopefully if Dylan got... Peters can be a pirate next year. Let's give him some claps. If you have a full team of mediocre players, you know, it makes a mediocre team, which is a huge <laughs> upgrade over what we have right now, Bernardo. Facts. Facts. It's it's true. It's true. I would just love to be um, talking about can he be good once again, opposed to can he be average? No, I think I think what you're hoping to get out of him is average. <laughs> like that's that's basically the ceiling. Like you're not like Chase and Shreve isn't gonna come in and be this like shut down lefty reliever. 
No. He's not Josh Hader. You know? No, not Jason not at Street. all. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what again, I just want to talk to him because the results are there. You know, and you looked at last night. I mean, he did really he helped out this team when the pirates are basically on the verge of imploding again. That was huge. You know, you pretty much thought it's over. Pirates rups, what, six nothing at the time. It's done, it's gone, right? Jason Shreve came in and he did his he did his task. He two innings, no hit. Like it just was a really really good outing. So and you look mm-hmm. at the results and it's again like I'm looking it's it's, it's two seventy seven ERA. It's like oddly enough he is producing right. He he is doing his job theoretically out of the bullpen and has had a a season where he's done that. But he's really gotten no love. We haven't talked about him, and, but that's kind of the thing. Like when you look at him. There's really nothing sexy about him. It's just it. The results are there, so good on him. But right, I, I don't look at him either and look as if like here's a guy. Not that there's much of future, but he can stay next year, right? Like also with the results, I, can't, I don't think his job's secured by any means either. Other than the fact that he is an arm and a lefty. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's one of those. He's he's a guy who will it, he'll be brought into spring training. He'll be competing for a bullpen spot, and I think as long as he doesn't like implode, he's probably got one. You know, because ideally you want two lefties in that bullpen, and it's like okay, well there's Tim, and there's Howard, and there's Banda, right? So it's like you got to pick two of them. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, just to kind of piggyback on that, he's I mean, the the results are there. Yeah, I mean, two seven seven or run average, but he's striking out less people this year than he ever has. He's walking more people this year than he has since two thousand seventeen. Um, he's leaving more people on base than he ever has uh, since twenty fifteen. <laughs> so it's just like all of these things are coming together to create a low ERA. <laughs> um, that that's that's basically what's happening is yeah the, the left the, it looks like it's probably a lot due to that left on base percentage he's like people are reaching base versus him um but somehow he's dancing around it and uh he's making it work and, and which is pretty amazing because you know Derek Shelton leaves relief pitchers in so long that you oh would think God. it's You'd think at some point he would just like implode one game and give up like 14 runs because Shelton's going to leave him in there for like 18 batters in a three to one game. But uh, he hasn't done that yet. So, yeah, that's good. Um, to, to a lesser degree, you know, it's something as we're talking and I, I went and pulled up his numbers, too. Um I don't want to make this comparison because I don't think they are comparable at all as overall, but to the degree of what his results are compared to his peripherals and stuff and how there's a little bit of, how are you doing this? Doesn't he have maybe a little bit of Jared Hughes to him? <laughs> like every year you look at Jared Hughes and you're just like, the results are there. Okay. So I'm looking at Jared Hughes right now. Like every year as a pirate, um, his first like full season, like a 285 ERA, 478, 196, 228, 303. But then like the FIP, just not good. Like the K, he doesn't strike anyone out. You know, like, you look every year, look at Jared Hughes and you're like, how did you do this? But he did it. A little, yeah. little bit maybe of Jared Hughes to Chase and Street right now. 
Yeah, maybe a good comparison, like from a like a result standpoint, yeah. how they're getting those results a little bit different. I don't think Hughes walked as many batters. No, and you know, Hughes also had just absurd ground ball yeah. rates, which Shreve also doesn't right. have. Um, but which which lends me to believe this isn't going like, to sustain. Yeah, like this is a smokescreen, right? Like there's you you can't consistently walk this many people and not get ground balls and and have like sustained success um but again in a, as a relief pitcher you have this really cool phenomenon that like you just go out there an inning at a time right so like anything can happen in an inning you can you can walk somebody and give up a hit and still get out with a zero mm-hmm. right um actually sp- sp- speaking but- of hater Hater last night, yeah. one inning, three strikeouts, yet three walks, and walked out there scoreless. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, so like that, that can happen as a relief pitcher, and uh, you know, if you string a few of those together, you know, you end up having these good, uh, you know, these good ERA numbers. But, you know, is that necessarily a sustainable thing? I, I, you know, probably not. Um, but, but again, you just don't pitch enough or long enough sometimes that it that it comes back to to bite you yeah so you can you can put up good seasons as a reliever while you're actually not really pitching that well <laughs> and so i think that's 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 just kind of what we're seeing with Shreve. and the anomaly to all of this is what you're saying is 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 true but the anomaly is usually that would happen if you're put in like really good situations and taken out of those situations to lead to good results and in this case, he's under Derek Shelton, which, as you love to pound the table on, and we've seen, he's he's usually not putting his relievers in those situations, a la Mears last night. So, uh, yeah, so I guess this is even more than anomaly, that he's doing this on the 2021 Pirates, led by Derek Shelton. Uh, but I guess we can move on. We gave, we gave Shreve his flowers. We haven't talked about him, like, at all this year. Good job, Shreve, but also... Good luck. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, so it's crazy if you look at like if we you you mentioned mirrors and we'll talk about I don't want to talk about mirrors too much, but like the the strikeouts per nine, the walks per nine, they're pretty much the same, <laughs> you know. But you have Mears who, when he does it, he gets blown <laughs> up, right? And then you know Shreve hasn't you know has been able to avoid that, so that that's kind of my example that's like a perfect example right there is you know as far as like how they are executing pitches um the two have been pretty much identical this year um you know mirrors maybe with a little more of a long ball issue but like like they both they both are giving up base runners at the same at the same clip really um but you know one has a 6.50 era and the other has a two point something seven seven (laughs) Two point seven seven. Right. Fair enough. <clears throat> um, as of last night, so let's let's kick off and and pivot this over to Brian Hayes. We talked about him last week. There was a little bit of excitement because he he started like the leadoff role. I think uh, when we talked to him, he's like maybe in his second game or such. You know, leading off. <clears throat> Since then, I mean, he's still leading off. 
the results of the okay so we're talking about like shreve like the results but looking at the body work and how he's getting there right so like when you look at cabrian hayes the, the results have definitely been there as a leadoff guy now i don't have him up now top of my head i think in the leadoff position he's batting 350 i think um on base maybe 380 something like that he is out of the leadoff spot um hitting 364 now okay um 389 on base percentage so he's not walking a whole lot um, but 394 slugging so when you hit it, it, it all comes out to a yeah 114 weighted runs created plus out of the leadoff spot so far okay so the results are there in the fact that he's getting hits because that's been one thing we talked about. Like, why why is Cabron Hayes struggling, right? And he's a little bit of an anomaly, like why it's happening. Um, but we do know one thing is it's definitely as you pointed out last week, Jim, you know, the, the, he's just hitting the ball into the dirt. He's hitting the ball into the dirt. So I guess that's one thing I want to talk about here too because the results are there. Like we see he's getting on base. He's getting on base. The average is there. little resurgence from Cabron Hayes. But... He's still just hitting the ball in the dirt. <laughs> it, the launch angle is still the 1.7, which it was exactly a week ago when we talked about this. You know, I think I was talking is 1.9. You looked up and was like, no, actually, it dropped to 1.7 now. Uh, it's still at 1.7. He's still hitting the ball in the dirt. Like, as you saw last night, I mean, that sure he hit it right up the middle. Like, it's hitting, he's hitting it where people aren't. It's good. That's why he's getting on base. But I feel like maybe I'm still concerned about Brian Hayes. Yeah, I mean, so I didn't get to watch the game last night because softball slash I'm blacked out of Reds games because Major League Baseball is oh, pretty stupid. Right. But um, but yeah. So so you did mention though that yeah he um he, he's still pounding the ball into the dirt, right? Um, you know that's that's kind of that's that's the issue. Um. Let's see. Average launch angle, average exit velocity still looks good. So mm-hmm. like nothing's really changed there since he moved to the leadoff spot. His rolling seven day um, exit velocity has been the same. And he is an above average hitter when it comes to, um, you know, hitting the ball hard. Right. So he, he hits the ball For harder sure. than average. Yep. Um, average launch angle. It. It's gone up a little bit. I mean, so like it's actually no longer negative um, for the last. Here we are again. It's we're almost at the average. Last, <laughs> the last five, you know, the last like ten days, he's been at least above zero when it comes to his uh, seven-day rolling uh, launch angle. So. Um, you know, that's, I guess, better to see. He's just, that's the thing, just nowhere near where he needs to be with that. You know, you want to see that a little bit higher. But it has been creeping up um, ever so slightly over his last, you know, really his last, like, 40 plate appearances or so. Um, so, so good to see. It's still not where you want to see it, but it's it's better to see than, than, than where it was. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. He, he is getting hits. Um, he's hitting the ball hard. I, I like the leadoff spot. I like being able to give him. You know, think the thing about the leadoff spot that I like is, you know, it gives he he comes to the plate more than any other person. And if there's one person on this team who just 
needs to have at bats, it's key Brian Hayes. So that's that's my favorite thing about it. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll definitely take that. Like I do like a Brian, mm-hmm. especially talk about like yeah. you know construction of his lineup and such. There's not much. I mean, I hate Kevin Newman as his number two hitter. I absolutely hate that. But uh, you know the way this team is, I, I like a Brian leadoff spot just for the again like the construction of this lineup. But also like you said for Cabrian, yeah, he's going to get the most at bats, um, and, and maybe like just mentally it might help him too being in that leadoff role. You know, he's he's got to get on base. Mm-hmm. Um, but but overall, yes, I just. This is one thing too. Like I'm, I'm great, and this is good. I mean, it could be good for you mentally as well. I mean, you're ending the season. It'd be nice to end on a high note and such. Um, yeah. Even though I feel like for him, it's probably a lot less with his mental, and maybe just more with the hand, right, or just just mechanics, whatever. Um, but it would be good to see him just end the season on a high note. I do like the results. It's just that the results aren't to me. There isn't like this fundamental change that's leading to results. It's still much more of what Cabrian has been, just things are falling more in his way now. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, he's, yeah, the, the good thing about Cabrian Hayes is at least he he's hitting the ball hard, right? Mm-hmm. It would be one thing if he, like, wasn't making good con- contact, like, at all. Um, so the fact that he's hitting the ball hard, that is good um now he just needs to like he knows like i feel like we all know what he needs to work on he needs to work on um you know maybe pulling the ball a little bit more and he needs to not necessarily like have lift but he just needs to stop pounding the ball into the ground right that's that's pretty much it um and i feel like that's something that can be fixed um so yeah, let, let's give him the offs. Let's hope. Let's see if we can end the season on a high note. So so far, it's a good September. Um, he this is actually you know if I'm looking month by month here, uh, it's his best month of the year so far. So you know let's see if we can keep that up. He's batting 364 in September, so that's awesome. Um, so let's keep that up, finish strong, go into the off season with some things to work on, and. I mean, Key Brian Hayes strikes me as somebody who's going to work relentlessly to improve himself. He just seems like he's got that work ethic. And hopefully, you know, we can go into 2022 and we can see some some changes to that uh, to that approach and that swing. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, by no means am I down on Brian mm-hmm. Hayes. Am I, mm-hmm. you know, poo-pooing on him and such? There, there's definitely something that needs to change. Um, but I think he can definitely do it. So, uh, one thing I want to talk about here, too. We've said some good things about him. Ben Gamble, right? It's been quite quite surprising. Uh, I, I think he's earned himself the, the role for next year. Like he's, he should be on this club. There's, there's no reason why he really shouldn't. The bats played very nicely. Um, he, just seems like, he just seems like a pirate. Like it's just a good fit in Pittsburgh. I think people, if they show up to the games, really do enjoy them, do enjoy him and such. But okay, so like I feel like three weeks ago, Ben Gamble had like this like this stretch of two games where he made one super impressive 
diving catch. And then the next game, he made a very impressive catch. And I think that you know, that one, he didn't make it, but it was like no one could have. But just the fact that he was there was like so impressive. And it just seems like since then, right, he's got like this little swagger going on him. He feels like he's Kevin Kiermaier. And like every, literally every game, he's just out there diving for baseballs. Some, and also, again, we talked about this too, there's two games really good. There's been games afterwards, some amazing. You know, I think there was one this uh, this weekend, if not just a few days beforehand, where he made this ridiculously diving catch that no one thought anyone could get, and he did it. But then he makes these diving catches that aren't catches, and they go past them, and they get triples for the team and such. Um God, I, I get it. This is a season where there's not much entertainment, okay? He's at least entertaining me with this. But is it time for Ben Gamble to just, like, just pack it away, man? Like, you don't you don't got it. You're not that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, there have been a few times where he's dove for balls, and he really didn't <laughs> have – he had no business diving for them. Like just run to the ball and get it. Like you're not, you're not getting it, man. Um, but he has had some like fun moments out there. He has been, he's been a terrible outfielder this year. <laughs> so, like as much as like, I, I love Ben Gamble. He's like, you, you mentioned, I mean, everything you said is, is right. He just kind of like seems like a, a great fit on this team. Um, Ever since he's arrived, he's he's hit the ball well. He's done everything you could ask that the guy does. He's yeah, I, I mean he's 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 a he's a scrappy player who puts it all out there, and you know he, it, it all comes out to being a basically an average baseball player. Um, <laughs> again, back, back on the back on the mediocre train, I guess. Um, but he's he's one of the worst outfielders in baseball when it comes to his jump and his outs above average. He's he's in the two percentile and outs above average, the fifth percentile in his outfielder jump. So he's not he's so, definitely not Kevin Kiermaier. I have, <laughs> yeah, let's I, get that get that right. I have a theory that I want to go deeper into. I want to know what his jump was up until about three weeks ago. Now, again, it's just a theory, but the eye test has maybe told me a few times, is this guy slowing down or not moving so that way it can be a diving catch? Because I feel like there's a few of them where he could have almost just walked over and caught it and he kind of hesitated or slowed down and then, and then went full speed so he could dive and catch it. Again, just a theory. But well, what was the game? There was a game where I mean, he missed a catch and it made us lose it. Was that against the Cubs? Maybe that probably, yeah. And that and seemed was, very I think cubbish. It, and uh, and and yeah, it was one of those catches where, like, I don't know if he necessarily had to die for that, but he did and he missed it right. and it ended up costing us the game. So, yeah, he, he's definitely had he's been, <laughs> he's been just flying around out there. Um, he did like so he's he's made a couple cool catches Uh, it's resulted in some nice catches but yeah it's also resulted in some triples (laughs) so uh (laughs) not not necessarily the best trade-off um 
he has a nice sprint speed, nice sprint speed. He's in the 69th percentile in Major League Baseball <laughs> in sprint speed. But, uh, yeah, he's, I, I, he's, he's, your, he's your typical corner outfielder who just tries really hard. I, I can't fault the guy for it. I mean, oh, if, we were in a, if we were in a pennant race and it was like, yes. Ben Gamble, you need to stop diving so we can win some games, like give up a single instead of a triple, then, you know, it would be one thing, but let the guy fly around and have fun for all I care. Yeah, we have some some comments from Captain Jack says, I think Ben Gamble could do the milk crate challenge. He would just dive over it. And that's probably accurate. Yeah. He would just dive over yeah. the entire thing, finish, done, complete. Um, yeah. I mean, he he is. He's fun. He's definitely adding entertainment. But in a real-life baseball perspective, I think you put it <laughs> greatly. If this wasn't the 2021 Pirates, right? If this was yeah. like the 2025 Pirates, when things got to go well, uh, this would be a much different tone. It would be probably get Ben Gamble yeah. the hell out of there because <laughs> this is ridiculous. He's got to stop this. Um but also, I think what this does is, again, just to kind of pivot this in a sense of this is why you appreciate, like, Cabrian Hayes. This is why, okay, like, the numbers sometimes, you, you have to look at these type of numbers. Like, you have to look at outside of average. You have to look at jump. You have to look at the metrics defensively because the eye test tells you Cabrian Hayes is good, but is he that good? Like, he just makes everything look easy. Like, look at Ben Gamble. He's out there diving for these baseballs. He's got to be a great you know, defender. Look what he's doing. No, he's just that bad of a defender that everything like he has to dive and make that catch look incredible. Whereas like Starling Marte, he would have just caught it. <laughs> there you go with your Starling Marte kick again. Yes, get him back. Twenty twenty two Pirates. But no, in all seriousness, like I was talking about, like Starling Marte was a great defender, and and that's the difference. You know, where Ben Gamble's out there in left field diving right and left, Marte's just sitting under it and then just catching the ball. You know, Cabrian Hayes yeah. just gets there and catches the ball, even though it was 120 feet away from him to begin with. But Ben Gamble's diving when it's 30 feet away from him. God, Starling Marte just moved into fourth in baseball in wins above replacement. Yeah, I'm aware. With like 50 less games than the leader. Yeah. Like seriously, if he was if he would have been healthy all year, the dude would be the MVP. <laughs> you could yep. give him the MVP in both leagues. I I got a lot of some people gave me a lot of shit for that when I was talking about that like three weeks ago. But you're, been, he is having yeah. that type of season this year. He's yeah, literally he's having really an MVP that. type season. He really is. Except Anyways. there's this one guy who like who can hit 45 home runs and is also an ace. So he kind of beats everybody, but. Other than that, yeah. If we want to, t- yeah. <laughs> I, I, if we want to pivot this a little bit, I yeah. do feel for like Vlad Junior is having such <laughs> a great season, you know. And this guy's not going to get MVP. You talk about it, oh, there's just a guy who can hit 45 home runs. Yeah, his name's Vlad Junior, yeah. who also can hit for yeah. ridiculous average and drive in runs and do all this and that. And he's not going to get MVP. That's yeah. the level show he's on. It's just, it's just amazing. We're watching Shohei Otani right now. Like, what he's doing is just—it's uncalled for. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> this potential triple crown winner is not going to get MVP. Yeah, I mean, Vlad is having an unreal year. Like, I mean, he's—he's he's not going to get the triple crown, but he's going to be like really close right. to to getting it. 
and and yeah, he's been he's been outstanding, and 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 I don't even think you can put together any sort of reasonable argument that he should be MVP. <laughs> <laughs> like like that's that's the thing. It's like this guy's just been incredible, and it's like well, you know, he can't pitch. So <laughs> what's that's and not even pitch the MVP and not be an average pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he right. he's, yeah, gotta, he, he's not even an ace. It's like, well, yeah, he's hitting 45 home runs. He's going to end up with 50 on the year, but you know, can he pitch? <laughs> so no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otani's my God. Anyways, he doesn't speak English, so he shouldn't be the face of baseball. Right. Yeah. Stephen A. Okay. We'll move on. Um, anything else you want to talk about as far as the major league averages, average players go? Um, the very average major league team. Um, God, I don't know. Yoshi keeps hitting. Yes. I mean, he's like not otherworldly, but he's still been very respectable like the past week or so. Coming what? up with, you know, he had some nice hits yesterday. Mm-hmm. What he's, I I think what is impressing with me, okay, is the fact like you said, like he's he's hitting it's respectable such. So he hasn't hit a home run since I think what nine five, September fifth. Um, again, like, oh, hasn't hit a home run since September fifth, <laughs> you know. But regardless, like he hasn't yeah. hit a home run, but in that time he's batting three fifty. So like, what's impressive about Yoshi is he doesn't so far. Right. So far, what we're seeing potentially is he hasn't needed to hit the long ball to also be productive. You know, like the one thing we talked about, like with Mason Martin, like, can all this happen? This happened. Like, we, we see the power potential, but all, he's, he has all these other issues to him. And like with Yoshi, he has been effective as far as the hitter. Yes, the ball gets mm-hmm. hit hard and goes out of the park, but he's also shown as if like he's just not like this power guy, this one trick pony. He's been getting on base. He's actually hitting for average. You know, what is his, his, uh, his babies, I think a 250 on the season with the Pirates. So it's not as if like he's getting a lot of luck thrown his way and such. Uh, and this, he's actually a good hitter. Just overall, just playing out, he has been a good hitter. Yeah. He's walking too. I mean, not striking out. Yeah. I mean, he, that's what's kind of been crazy because I feel like the strikeouts have always been an issue for him, like making contact, but he's not having any of those problems with the pirates. He's, he's making contact, hitting the ball over the fence, getting base hits, driving in runs, walking, getting on base. I mean, outside of the very, very, I mean, we, we talk about, guys who aren't Kevin Kiermeyer. Yoshi Susugo is not Kevin Kiermeyer, right? Um <laughs> he wishes he's Manny Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> just just dreadful defense. <laughs> but um but the the guys just done nothing but hit since he's come yes. over. So yeah. <laughs> and as we saw last night, so he's not a good defender. He's not a good base runner. Like he he's just a good no. hitter. Like that's it. <laughs> Ghost man on first. Yoshi come out of the game. I mean, he is built to be a DH. Like that's that is his role. He is a DH. Um, you know, we someone just someone just asked. You know, big question is if Yoshi stays, we're on up. Do you play him? Um, I, th- I think the goal is with the new CBA, 
the DH comes to the NL and boom, there you go. That's your DH. I've never been more higher of a proponent of the DH and, until there's a there's a BY and an AY, like before Yoshi and after Yoshi. Mm-hmm. Before Yoshi, I was like, <laughs> eh, we could do without it. Now that Yoshi's on the team, I'm like, yeah, let's get the DH because I need yeah. to see this guy play a whole season with the Pirates because I'm intrigued. Like at this point in time, I want him next year. Of course, they would have to resign him, but I want Yoshi back as a Pirate. Um, where would he play? I mean, it doesn't really matter with this type of team because you're not looking at true results. But like theoretically, if there's no DH, I guess just first. Like again, like we talked about, if today, based on what we saw, would you rather have Colin Moran or Yoshi? You said Yoshi. I still agree because of the potential there. To me, he's he's your first baseman. Yeah, I mean, until yeah, I agree. I think there's a pretty strong chance that the DH comes to the NL. Um, like I, I would put it higher than 50 50. Right? Oh, for sure. Seems, I think it, it's, yeah, I, mean, I think it's a done deal. You think, I, mean, I, I, really I think do. it's like, I think it's basically, I, I'd put it at like 75, 25. Like, I think there's still a chance, but that is one thing that I, I think both sides are fine with. Like that, that that's an agreeable thing. Both sides can, can do. Um, so yeah, I, but yeah, so you get there. You go. There's there's your DH next year. Yeah, I'm with it. But I'm I'm absolutely intrigued in Yoshi. And again, it's to, this is a lot less to me so far from what I see. Again, with the pirate part, like smoke and mirrors. I mean, he is just flat out hitting. Regardless, it's not as if everything's. It's it's not because his walk rates so high that you know, his production numbers are spiking. It's not because he has the seven home runs. His numbers are just spiking. Like it's the whole body of work. He has truly been a hit machine, just a good hitter in this pirates lineup, which is abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 no complaints. It's just so funny how he's gone from just almost being like a pathetic hitter on the season with the Rays and the Dodgers, you know, and we're talking pathetic. albeit all small sample size. So just boom, Comes on to the Pirates, and all that's behind him. And he's just been a great hitter. 180 WRC+, 80% above average. You know, with just the 76 plate appearances, I understand just 76. But in those 76, he's been really, really good everywhere. So, anyways. Yeah, I mean, he's been, I mean, if you look at Fangraph's, you know, war totals for the Pirates, um, Yoshi's been the sixth most valuable Pirates position player this year, and he's only played 25 games. I'm not even shocked. <laughs> like that's we're <laughs> we're so far into the season, everything that that's yeah. not even shocking. I know you say it for shock value, and he should be, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Six most valuable. <laughs> he's been more more valuable than Colin Moran, Kevin Newman. Wilmer Defoe, all those other guys. Gosh, there's some bad. There's some bad ones on this list. I just yeah. the, the the more the more button to expand the list. And yeah, do you remember Ildemaro Vargas? Mm. His God. he played. <laughs> he was bad. Did he? <laughs> I know it feels like it's been forever ago, but did he even like really get any plate appearances? Did he have like more than 20 with the Pirates? 
He had 13. He went okay. Uh, so he had, much he, he had one hit. He uh, had a negative That's 64 right. weighted runs created plus. That it's going to be edges out. Like, I can't wait till this organization is at the point where we can start going and saying, well, let's have some fun and look back at that 2021 season. Because it's yeah. pretty bad. Jesus, it's bad. And then I, mean, we I remember say, some bad how, years. How <laughs> we we just talk about how great like Reynolds was for this club, and that was it. Yeah, there we go. It kind of how we look back on like Brian Giles and Jason Bay right mm-hmm. now, like those good players from those just god awful Pirates teams of the of the early two thousands. Yeah, that's that's what, maybe maybe that's what this team can be one day. Right. Uh, we have a question here. So this goes, now that the season is coming to an end, what has been your low point? God. I, I think mean, the low point has to be the Wilmer Defoe drop pop-up. <laughs> like, to be, like, when we were live, <laughs> NS9 live, our game. Yeah. Day. I mean, so I mean, that, that stands bad. out. But, and I think, I mean... <laughs> Something as terrible as that, I'm still thinking. I'm like, eh, I don't know if that tops it. Like, there's probably something else out so, there. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. Well, I mean, like, I'm, that I, was bad. But the, think about, you also have Will Craig. Like, that whole debacle. Oh, like, God, that was pretty true. bad. I know Cabrine missing first was on that home that run. Like, was that was, really I don't know if that bad. was like a low point, but that was just like, I've never seen that before. Holy hell. Um, there's been a lot of that this year. I guess that's a question I would like to reflect on <laughs> deeper. But uh, Defoe's definitely up there. Will Craig's definitely up there. Wasn't there? There was a game against the Braves that didn't they lose like twenty to there one or something. That's when Defoe came in and pitched. He was throwing that heat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like throwing like eight. He was pumped like eighty six. Right. Shelton. He he. Well, and the Braves were like taking pitches. The Braves. The Braves. The Braves made Defoe throw like. 45 pitches that game that's what was um, that wasn't that the particular game or maybe it's another game where acuna wanted to bat I, lefty yes that was it yeah that was acuna the one right bat lefty the coach wouldn't let him yeah that was it so there yeah there's that another was, low point <laughs> that was like acuna started off the game with a homer and then he hit another homer i think the braves hit like eight homers that day that was that was insane yeah, so that's a loaded question, man. This is a lot to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I if I had to pick, like if you were like, Jim, what was the worst? I like I know it was a meaningless game at, towards the end of the year, but like that Wilmer Defoe pop up. I mean, that's basically like the moment from this year where like remember when Gregory Polanco fell over in Chicago? <laughs> like and then that was the that was that was it. Game was over, walk off because Gregory Polanco just like tripped over his feet. Why is it always Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's what that Wilmer Defoe moment was. It was just a routine pop-up and he just he needed he just dropped it. I mean, he was nowhere near the ball. Um and that was like <laughs> he a, wasn't. Yeah, that's the best way. There's nowhere near it. <laughs> yeah, like that was that. I think that's it. I think that's it. That was the weirdest way to lose a game uh, that I've seen in a while. 
I mean, I guess if you want to put some things in perspective, right? They they talk about with Will Craig, like that's fundamentals. That's something you learn in T-ball. Like yeah. just touch the bag, right? But I guess theoretically also, if you want to talk, the thing you learn before touching the bag is catching the ball. And that's what Wilmer Defoe didn't do. You know, and like you said, just such a routine pop-up into the infield. He didn't really have to move much. He was just standing there and looking up and looking up. And like you said, Jim, it wasn't even as if like, I mean, this ball was nowhere near him. Like, how do you, how do you misjudge it that bad? So as a fundamental standpoint, I think that is worse than Will Craig. I'll give him that. But I think like aesthetically and how the whole thing worked out, I think the Will Craig one warranted the attention it got. Where Defoe's kind of came and went. But anyways, I think what we're definitely yeah. getting at is there's a lot of moments that you can choose from, and everyone gets worse and worse and worse. Well, I mean, with Will Craig too. I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy had to flee the country. It was so. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's so mean. But he it's was so true. He was bad. He, just... he was basically like, I need to start my life over again. <laughs> because of this mistake like so i guess if you look at it that way like the dude had to start a brand new life in another country in a place where like if you if you like it's i'm not talking like he moved to like england or europe or 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 like australia like he moved to a place where it's like it's a pretty big culture change from like he's literally starting a brand new life and it's all hobby bias's fault The guy who swung at a pitch <laughs> three yards in front of the plate. <laughs> That's who ended Will Craig's career. Yeah. Yes. yes. I yes. mean, it's like, it literally like a, his, like a life-altering event. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so, you know what? I guess if you, if you think of it like that, it's got to be that. That's that's. It. I'm changing my answer. That's, that's, that's certainly that's, a way of putting it. I mean... And when you put it in that perspective, I think yeah. that... Yeah, you have to. Wilmer Defoe is still yeah. playing. He's still on the team. Yeah. He's in the lineup. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's in the Will future Craig in baseball. Fled like. the country. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sad. And and semi like <laughs> semi, you can kind of even say that like he fled the country in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's let's move on. Let's start wrapping this up. Um, <laughs> Jesus, anything just of note? Maybe a lot less of like going to individual players because you know it's it's wrapping up the end of the year and such. Um, in the minors, our farm. Anything you want to talk about of note? Seems like everyone who's doing well uh, is doing so, well. Yeah, I mean this is the last week of mm. uh, regular season baseball. Uh, outside triple a triple a is going to play they extend their season all the way through the major league season so yep. uh but but everybody else ends today um double a will not be in the playoffs greensboro i think needs one more win they their magic number is one um to to clinch the postseason so greensboro will be in the playoffs bradenton has already clinched the playoffs um so we should have both a ball teams in the postseason so they'll be extended uh one thing that's kind of interesting is uh, Charrington apparently mentioned that 
with the triple A season being a lot longer than the double A season, we could see some promotions from Altoona to Indy uh, after this week, right? So, uh, you know, so we can have some curve players who will be bumped up to Indianapolis. So I think that's like the one thing to be pretty interested in right now is, okay, if that's the case, who's, who are those players going to be, right? The, do we see O'Neill Cruz make the jump to AAA to end the year? Do we see, um, you know, we already saw Diego Castillo just get called up. Um, mm-hmm. does, does Rowan Z Contreras get called up to make a few extra starts at the end of the year? So I think those are the things we want to kind of look at, um, you know, pay some attention to Altoona and when their season ends, uh, we should see some people getting bumped up to Indy to extend their season a few more weeks and get some taste of triple A ball. Yeah. That's the one comment. Like they're going to get the Nick Gonzalez treatment that you want to give Nick Gonzalez at least, but Nick Gonzalez still yeah. won't get the bump. But regardless, yeah, like that's right. So that is interesting. You know, Indy gets to, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, they're playing all the way through the end of the year. Uh, do you think Cruz gets it? I mean, I think if you're looking at people who like need some, you just want to give extra playing time to. Um, I, I mean, I think Cruz gets it. I think Cruz gets it. I think Contreras gets it. I think those are two guys who you want to bump up to AAA mm-hmm. to get more playing time and and to see what they can do at that level. I could even see, you know, someone like Cal Mitchell, um, Rodolfo Castro, although Castro's really cooled down at Altoona since he was sent back down. Um, so I, I'm not sure. Maybe they'll do that just because he is on the 40 man and you know, you maybe want him to keep playing just in case you actually have to call him back up again right um you know you, you don't want somebody just you know it's a potential call up to just not even be playing anywhere um but uh yeah i think we see i think we see maybe a, you know a handful of guys get called up and so i think cruises Cruz is a good one Contreras is a good one um and i mean you, maybe maybe somebody like like cal mitchell those make a lot of sense. Yeah. I think those I think those three have a good shot. Cool, cool. Uh one player I don't think who has a shot <clears throat> who uh it would be a, it would be a aggressive approach, but just because of the season season he's had, uh Matt Fraser has really cooled down, by the way, too. Just to add some notes here. He's really cooled down in double A. Um as a matter yeah. of fact, what so since do some numbers here since August. It's still, yeah, like overall, it's still good, but he just he yeah. started off so hot, and yeah, he has cool since down. August he 25th. He's batting 135, so 63 plate appearances. It's been pretty bad, no home runs, three doubles, but anyways, uh, still a lot of hope for Frazier, but I don't think he would be one getting caught up. Although, if he had stayed that way, it would have been nice to see him. I mean, they could take a very aggressive approach with him and. Mm-hmm. Get him there in AAA, and that way he's there in AAA next year to start and maybe a promotion next year. But uh, I doubt he'll get the call. Yeah. I, I think if you're going to call up another, call up an outfielder, you're you're doing it with one of the guys who have, who has been in Altoona all year. So, you know, either Smith and Jigba or Cal Mitchell, those are probably your two likely call up candidates. Not Lolo Sanchez. <laughs> Not Lolo. You need Lolo. Greensboro needs Lolo for the playoffs. 
Uh, that's like three people on this podcast going to laugh at that. <laughs> and we're both of them. So, we're two of them. So, all right. Um, yeah. So I guess with that said, anything else that you want to talk about as far as the minor leagues go to wrap up here? Or overall? I think that's it. That's all, that's all I got. That's all I got. Oh, Baseball America Top 100 list got updated oh, yes. the other day. Um, so we can just touch on that real, real quick. But O'Neill Cruz with a huge jump. Um, I was a little surprised that he was, was as a high. lot surprised. That yeah, I mean, I want to say he was somewhere in like the forties before, um, and and he's now all the way up to nineteen. So you got top 20 prospect O'Neill Cruz. Um, very, very interesting there. Um, but Cruz, Cruz came in at number 19. Henry Davis came in at 44. Quinn Priester at 50. Nick Gonzalez at 65. And Liva Pagaro at 78. So Pagaro, another guy who's made a pretty big jump this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hear, I, I see a lot of people that who you know, they're, they're down on Pagaro's offensive year this year. And, and I think you, you just need to realize the guy's 20 and he's putting up above average numbers in an advanced league and high a ball. And he's, he's doing it with quite a bit of power too. So like he's, he's doing everything you want to see from him. Um, cause, cause Pagaro was not in the top 100 to start the year. And no. so he's climbed all the way up to, 78 so yeah yeah good stuff yeah definitely good um just to go back on cruise i guess that what really shocked me on that was i mean because i do believe baseball america like they dropped them uh in the mid-year because of course like the injuries you know it wasn't playing mm-hmm. i felt like he dropped when they came out with the re-rankings in the mid-year so to see him now just with these little play- bit of plate appearances he's coming back to go up that high does shock me but I mean, we see what he can present. So, yeah. Oh man, a lot of fingers crossing that kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would. I. You could say that this is his best offensive year, honestly. I mean, I know, I know, like he had a huge, huge, huge 2019. Um, you know, in Bradenton, but or I guess that was Greensboro at that time. I don't know. Who, who knows? They no, that was Bradenton. Um, but he's now doing it in double A. He hasn't played the whole year, but he's just been mashing the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. 519 slugging percentage. It's, just, it's the highest slugging percentage he's ever put up over a season. Um, the dude's the dude's hitting. Just yeah, hopefully he can. Yeah, and the, stri- the strikeouts too. Like that was the one concern. It was the strikeouts, and they're the lowest it's ever been in his career. He, just he's... everything you everything you wanted to see him do this year he's done other than stay healthy <laughs> right so he you're you're right like there's a lot of concerns about him as a very boom and bust type of player which he still can be he absolutely can be mm-hmm. but he has trended towards you were talking about yoshi like he has trended in toward becoming like more of a complete hitter he really has mm-hmm. it's not as if like he's just anomaly who's six seven who can just potentially put up 50 home runs the strikeouts are down. You know, the walk rate's still respectable, 7.5%. He's not striking out as much. He's hitting the ball. He's hitting the ball hard. He's driving out of the ballpark, as we see, literally out of the ballpark. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of things to like about him. So very excited. 
Good stuff. Good, good stuff. He will hopefully not be fleeing the country like well, Greg. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. Right. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here then. We'll see you guys uh tomorrow after the the game again when we the pirates. Yeah, that'll be the end of the series, right? That'll end this Cincinnati series. So we'll, the Pirates will yep. hopefully be uh, on sweep alert again, Jim. Does they can go 0 for what, 14 on the year in sweeps? I think they're like 0 for 15 already. I feel they're like 0 for 15 now. I mean, it's been like the last three series they've had a chance to sweep. They just <laughs> keep adding on. I don't know what they're doing. It's insane. It's one of the most crazy anomalies that I've ever seen in baseball where like they're literally like 0 and 15. 0 and 15 when they're when they're going for a sweep. But what's what's craziest to me, and again, just where I'm coming from, like the 0 and 15 is crazy. But I guess what's crazy to me is the fact that they've had 15 potential sweeps in this year. Like that to me is what yeah. boggles my mind. Yeah. How the hell were they set up to have 15 sweeps this year? They're they're not a good team. There's 15 <laughs> well, like you, times they could have swept someone. Yeah. Well, what's crazy, yeah, you like you said, like there's going to be some series that you win two out of three, right. Over the course of a year. But like, I feel like every time they, they win a series, it's, they win game one, they win game two. Right. <laughs> and then they lose game three. Like they never win games one and three. Right. Right. It's always <laughs> one and two. It's one and two. And then they lose game three in like a miserable fashion. Um, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. It, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible actually. All right. Well, Game two tonight against the Reds. Let's uh, let's do it. So we will see you tomorrow after the Reds game on NS9 Live. Bye-bye. See you guys.